There'll be food and drink and ghosts, and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Welcome to Fear Feasts. I'm Ali. I'm Vanessa, and we are your hosts. Welcome back to Fear Feasts, our fabulous listeners. Ali and I are here to introduce season three. Ali, what are we going to be talking about in, in season three? We're going to be talking about witches. Ooh, it's the season of the witch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to throw in a, a really bad witch laugh. It's really, really bad. A tackle. <laughs> You know, my favorite witch story growing up was The Worst Witch by Jill Murphy. Have mm-hmm. you heard of that? I have. Was that like it. in America as well or was mm-hmm. it just a British thing? Okay. I, I was here. I don't know if it was a big thing, but I, I, you know, being being that, you know, I was a mini goth for many years as a child and now I'm a full grown goth. I was always looking for things that were related to ghosts and haunted houses and vampires yes. and witches. And so I remember it. So I do remember it. Yes, I do. And even, I, um, yeah, Megan Mogg. I mean, that was a kid's book. So mm-hmm. I've been surrounded by witches since I was born, I think. <laughs> In so many ways, right? <laughs> so have I, but you know, you know, but let's not talk about my family anymore. As we were saying. <laughs> so I think my favorite witch story, I don't remember witch stories much from when I was a little girl, but I remember my my the the book I read that changed my mind about witches and made me fall in love with them was um the Witching Hour by Anne Rice. I read it, I think I had to have been 19. And I. it's this huge book. It's gotta be 700, 800 pages. And it's amazing. And I think I've read that book probably 20 times now. And every single time, because it's so dense and in-depth and there's so many layers to it and there's stories within stories and within stories that every time I read it, I find something new. And I, But I think that's the best kind of book to have is, is a book that you continue to find things new things in i have it on my bedside have you finished reading it vanessa said have you read this book by anne rice and i didn't even know of its existence but i'd seen that there was a tv show called the mayfair witches yes and you said to me well the book is by anne rice and i have no idea so i got it (laughs) and i am just i can't the writing is so so wonderful Mm -hmm. like the descriptions everything It is a bit long-winded in places because, you know, it's a big book, but yeah, yeah, I'm loving it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, I think witches are just so fascinating in general. I, I, and I think there's so much to talk about specific to food because witches have tended to be women. And as we've talked about many times in our previous episodes, you know, food and the kitchen and cooking tends to be the purview of females. And particularly with, when it comes to witches, there's so much tie in with um, herbs and making potions and concoctions and that that cliche of the you know witches around a boiling cauldron of water and I, I always think of the um the witches in um in Macbeth you know boil boil toil and trouble to me those are sort of like yes. the epitome of of witches in literature right there and I think every I think you could argue that every witch that has followed uh in literature and maybe even in movies is sort of a little bit of that cliche and I wouldn't you say I think so. And it's every bite leads to somewhere which is a little bit unknown. And um, I always find as well, you know, the scariest thing is what you can't see coming. So Mm -hmm. witches are great at that, conjuring the sense of mystery. Yeah. 
they are very mysterious because you're never, you know, you're never really sure what is really going on with them. You know, they, they look so, they look so ordinary and normal for the most part, you know, these, and then I think, you know, especially there's always that idea of the good witch and the bad witch, you know, I always remember that line from the wizard of Oz, are you a good witch or a bad witch? But then I also <laughs> think of, of Snow White. I remember watching that when I was a little girl and the, the wicked queen, you know, turning into that, that wicked witch and feeding Snow White that apple. And I think that was one of the very earliest connections I ever made with with food and horror specific to witches um and then as I got older I remember I I've always loved fairy tale literature and so mm -hmm. one of the genres that I love are when the fairy tales take the the villain and tell the story from the villain's point of view and they kind of make that into not being a villain at all and so it really does give you a very different perspective on on just how women are seen and then how just that cliche of women are witches and, and you think, to, you know, nowadays, even like that, that's still an insult that people use. Oh, you're such a witch or you're a bitch or whatever. But witch is still very much an insult to to call a woman. And I just always have to laugh if somebody calls me a witch. I'm like, thank you. I try. I there is there is like a recent, um, a fairly recent kind of movement, which is there that reclaims the term of being a witch mm -hmm. as not not being a negative one yeah um but in food food in witch centric films often carry this symbolic meaning don't they and they do. certain ingredients and dishes they can be associated with rituals and spells mm -hmm. or aspects of the witch's character and so you get all this very rich symbolism and and you mentioned snow white so this idea of even an innocent fruit like the apple becoming something which is very very dangerous so you get also the issue of trust you know can we trust what we're seeing here and we're going to be looking at films where we explore all these different aspects of food mm -hmm. in in films films like the witch where you get this um this sense of like food luring people in oh yeah and there's danger on the other side of that door that seems like a nice house and then on the inside it's all rotten <laughs> i know i know and, and and you know and then another one of my favorite which stories that I remember from being young was Hansel and Gretel and the idea of them coming across this witch. And she's not really, I don't believe they actually refer to her a witch in a lot of the stories. She's just this old lady. But the, the implication is that she's a witch because she has this magical house built of candy and chocolate and gingerbread. And, you know, they come across her and she imprisons them with the intention of eating them. I mean, how gross is that? Like, ooh, who wants to eat a kid? But I love that there's that kind of, that old school concept of, of cannibalism that's built in and cannibalism is such an early is such an one of the earliest I think taboos in literature that you'll find when it's specific to food and witchcraft and the idea of, of you know just eating you know a child or one of your own is like uh, the absolute worst thing that a woman that a witch can do you know and I think it ties in with concepts of motherhood and just this overall like inability for I think society to accept that you know women mothers are incapable of, you know, they shouldn't be capable of doing horrible things to children. Well, they are, you know, and I think you see that reflected in, in some of these cliches of witches and food. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. And in Hansel and Gretel specifically that you mentioned the idea of trickery because the witch lures them in with all the sweets and the wonderful house that is completely transformed by all these layers of sugar. But then the kids trick her don't they with a little chicken bone and they pretend that they've been eating the chicken in actual fact when they give when they give the witch their hands to check how fat the fingers are 
they're giving her chicken bones mm -hmm. and so that's why she continues to feed them and they they manage to survive so yes and they what do they do they push her into the oven ew <laughs> <laughs> disgusting baked like witch baked with yeah this idea of the witch that isn't always ugly as well ugly old hag you know you get now uh, different types of witches and you get quite attractive witches uh witches that can transform witches that are older witches that are younger mm -hmm. and um films like practical magic oh, where witches you get witches in you know everyday life yes drinking margaritas <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I'm excited because we're going to not just cover some really great um, movies about witches, but we're going to cover some really great books. We mentioned Anne Rice's The Witching Hour. We're going to go into some depth into that one because that one not only talks about witches, but it talks about, you know, it, it's, set mainly, it's set mainly in New Orleans in the South. So New Orleans is a, is a major foodie mecca of the world. And so there's a lot of food in the book. There's a lot of references to food and there's a lot of references to witchcraft and just the concept and the idea of these women having the ability to manipulate the the elements and manipulate how people perceive things and food plays a significant part in that book. So I'm I, for one, am very excited to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about Roald Dahl's The Witches, the book and the several movie versions. That's another great book. I I, Roald Dahl, he's an interesting one, isn't he? We're going to talk a lot about him and and his uh, his 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 attitude toward children. I really do feel like Roald Dahl had some very mixed feelings about kids because you read his books and there's there's some twisted stuff in there. <laughs> I think he likes to keep it real. Let's say let's put it that way. Doesn't yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I still remember the Grand High Witch uh, seeing their version with Angelica Houston scared the hell out of me. I was terrified of being turned into a mouse for a very long time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure about the Anne Hathaway version, but um, I, I don't definitely find Anne Hathaway, the other one. I don't mm. find Anne Hathaway scary. I think that's part of the problem. You know, and, um, Angelica Houston is is you can see her. She's a perfect Grand High Witch, and I believe there's a new version now with um, what's her name? Ruth is it Ruth Wilson? Who was in oh, the is that coming out soon? I believe okay. so. Okay. And I think she's she's very um striking looking. I think she'll make a wonderful Grand High Witch. But to me, the the ultimate one was um was the woman who also played Morticia Adams. So, you know, she, you, you know, Angelica Houston is our goth queen. Yeah, absolutely. There's a legacy there, isn't there? Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so with Roald Dahl, we don't really get the, the element of like the physical attraction as much in, and the sex side of things, which you get with the witches of Eastwick, mm -hmm. uh, for example, or with um, the, the witching hour mm -hmm. or with the season of the witch or, you know the craft as well there's some element of kind of physical attraction and sex sure, yeah uh, so I've been reading uh the witches of Eastwick by John Updike mm -hmm. and that's full of well kind of sex but you know we'll discuss it it's a little bit on the borderline of misogyny I would Isn't say it though yes it was also written in the 1980s and uh, John Updike is is you know, he's, he's considered, well, I wouldn't say that he is now, but at the time he was considered kind of one of the great white lions of of, of literature, similar to Philip Roth and Leon, Leon Uris, um, the, that, that, that ilk of writer. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't necessarily have an issue 
with men writing from a woman's point of view, just like I don't have an issue with women writing from a male point of view. But in John Updike's case, it's very um, it's very male centric. And it's it, it I, I would definitely agree with you that there are some significant misogyny in that book. And it'll be interesting to analyze the book alongside the movie, because the movie is one of my favorites from the 80s. I mean, how can you not love a movie that has Jack Nicholson playing the devil? And Susan Sarandon and Michelle Pfeiffer being Thank his you. being his harem of women. So I think I can. That's going to be actually the first movie and book that we analyze in season three, the season of the witch on Fear Feast. So y'all y'all need to stay tuned in two weeks because we'll have a we'll have an excellent episode for you then. And if you don't, we will curse you, and we'll turn you into a frog. <laughs> being the witches that we both are, <laughs> the witches of Fear Feast. That's us. So tune in because we will be looking at um, food and otherworldly concoctions and how unsuspecting characters just find themselves tangled in a web of curses and enchanted meals. So kind of like in kind of like in real life. So please do. Yes. So please do join us in two weeks. We'll see you soon. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening and make sure to tune in for our next episode coming to you in two weeks. As always, stay spooky. What's that like to live deliciously?